Proverbs, please. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. In just a moment, we're going to begin looking at Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Very familiar passage of Scripture. And I remember memorizing this when I was just a youngster. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. I grew up in a Christian home. And my dad was, uh, he pastored part of the times I was growing up, not the whole time, but uh, several uh, years during my growing up years, dad pastored a church. When he wasn't pastoring, often he would go to churches and um, fill in, you know, do, uh, do work if a pastor was gone or something, he would kind of do uh, interim pastorship there a little bit. And uh, so quite often he spoke. Uh, when he wasn't preaching in churches, I can remember going to the uh, Mobile Rescue Mission. And uh, there, uh, in fact, to kind of cut my teeth on singing and playing my trumpet, I remember going down and uh, doing specials and things like that. But my dad would often preach there. And uh, sometimes I, I noticed that my dad, after preaching, uh, sometimes folks would bring him a Bible and uh, he would, they'd want him to autograph it. And so he would sign uh, sign his name there, and uh, I was watching him do that one time. Now, I was just a little shaver, probably 10 or um, somewhere around that, 10 years of age. And I remember him doing that one day, and right underneath his name, he put the Bible reference, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I kind of wondered, just as a lad, I wondered, you know, why uh, why is he, he putting in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 under his name in the in the Bible, and uh, later on, I looked up those verses and uh, found uh, this wonderful passage of Scripture, Proverbs three verses five and six. Um, let's read that together. And uh, wow, my second lung just kicked in. I think. All right, great. Let's read that together, and uh, let's stand as we read out of it, out of respect to God's word. And uh, you look, you can look on as I read. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the word of God. And we're thankful that we have the opportunity this morning to open it up together and to look at the truths that you've uh, given to us here in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I pray that, I pray that you had blessed, bless your word this morning. Uh, we pray for your power, but most of all, we pray that the Holy Spirit would be here today. We can speak and sing and, and open the word of God, but unless the Holy Spirit takes that word of God and applies it to our hearts, then it'll be in vain what we've done. So we pray for your help throughout this week. But as we look at this, more, at this morning's message and time together, we pray a special help, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, this wonderful passage of Scripture promises us that God will direct our paths. As I look back on my life, as I mentioned before, I grew up in a Christian home, and uh, I was the youngest of six children. And that's interesting, you know. Uh, the older kids will say that you're spoiled. 
Uh, I'm so, I say that when, when they all left home, I had to do all the work, you know, so I'm not sure I was, I was that spoiled, you know, but, uh, I can remember, I, my, when my brother was home, we used to divide cutting the lawn, you know, he would cut one half and I would cut the other half. And, uh, so I got a little help, but when he left home, I had to do it all myself, you know, and, uh, so I'm not sure. Uh, exactly how that work, worked out. I think the middle people have it made, you know. And uh, so anyhow, I don't know whether, where you are in your family, but I was the youngest of six children. As, as we were growing up, it seems like we had a uh, gospel magnet on the front of our car. Uh, and I don't know if you know what a gospel magnet is, but it seemed like whenever, wherever the gospel or wherever the Bible was being preached, our car ended up there, you know. If it was a revival across town, we, we would pack up, uh, all six of the kids and mom and dad, and, uh, we would head for the revival. Didn't need to be at our church, you know, it could just be anywhere. And, uh, we, and one of these revivals, uh, is the time that I met an evangelist called Bill Rice. You know, the Bible talks here how God will direct your path. Little did I know, what an impact on my life that night was going to be. Because we packed up the car and went to the revival uh, held by evangelist Bill Rice. And uh, there we met him and got acquainted with what he called the Bill Rice Ranch. We says, what in the world is the Bill Rice Ranch? And uh, we started receiving a little newsletter from the ranch at that time. And a news, newsletter was talking about how they had camp here at the Bill Rice Ranch in Tennessee, middle Tennessee. And uh, we lived down in Alabama. I grew up in southern Alabama. That's why, why I talk like I do, all right? If you have a hard time understanding me, just blame it on Alabama, all right? <laughs> and uh, now hopefully you'll be able to understand me this week. All right. But I grew up in southern Alabama. And so we got to reading about this camp in Tennessee. And we said, you know, that'd be fun to go to. We'd like to go there. And uh, so my dad and mom started making plans. And we noticed that they had, at the beginning of the summer, two weeks that they called work weeks. Now, that really appealed to my dad for a couple of reasons. Number one, he was a real worker. And he believed that all the kids needed to learn how to work also. He was the one that would come up, and, you know, we'd be doing a job. Uh, we heated with firewood, fireplace, you know, and uh, so we cut all the wood and everything, and always an exciting time when, when uh, some of my friends were out playing ball or whatever. Hey, it's time to go get some wood, you know, so we'd go cut the wood. We'd be working away then, and I'd be getting a little bit tired, and I'd want to stop, and my dad would say, hey, you can quit when I quit, you know. He taught us to work. And that was good. So that appealed to my dad. Work weeks, you know, this is great. And uh, the second thing that appealed to my dad was it was basically free. If you would go and work for the camp for four hours in the morning, uh, then you could enjoy camp in the afternoon, activities, horseback riding, swimming, all that kind of stuff. And then we'd have a service at night. And so that appealed to my dad a lot. And so uh, we ended up, we packed everything up and went up to the Bill Rice Ranch for that first summer. And uh, to make a long story short, we could take all morning talking about this if we want. To make a long story short, we began to go to the Bill Rice Ranch each year for those work weeks. As I was getting older, I, I think the first summer that I went was when I was 12 years of age. As I started getting older, I became interested in working there for the summer. 
And so the summer that I was, I was 16 years of age, I went to the Bill Rice Ranch for all summer long. And um, that summer, you know, I could kind of imagine, you know, you have these romantic ideas of working at a ranch. I could see myself riding off into, off into the sunset, you know, on horseback. They did have a lot of horses. Bill Rice was a cowboy, and uh, he, he kept at that time over a 100 head of horses there at, at the camp at the Bill Rice Ranch. There's 1,300 acres there, and so a lot of land, a lot of, lot of horses. And so I could kind of imagine myself riding off into the sunset. Didn't work out quite that way. In fact, one of the first summer, one of my main jobs was garbage collector. Now, I don't know about you, but I didn't, I didn't really grow up. Some people, you know, that's one of their, their goals in, in life when they're young, to be a garbage collector because they think it looks cool. You know, because there's a truck and the guy hangs on and, you know, he goes riding through. And I've heard of people that saying that, but that wasn't my goal, uh, to be garbage, to be a garbage collector, you know. But there at the Bill Rice Ranch, I was a garbage collector. Now, God has promised in this verse to direct our paths, but sometimes you kind of wonder. And here I was, garbage collector, after all these romantic ideas of riding off into the sunset. But I made it through that summer. And um, uh, in fact, garbage collector then, there was no truck that you hang on to, you know. Uh, there was no dumpsters back in those days. Y'all remember that, don't you? Now, I'm 62, so you don't have to wonder. You know, I'm, I'm 62 years of age, and a dumpster had never even been heard of. And uh, so uh, collecting garbage at the Bill Rice Ranch entailed getting a, this truck, and we had 50-gallon barrels, you know, all, all over camp, and uh, we would dump all this garbage into the back of this truck. We would drive out from camp aways, kick it off the truck usually, and uh, and burn it back at, back in those days, and that's the way we got rid of the garbage. And we and so it wasn't a very romantic job by any any stretch of the imagination. Well, I worked there that summer, and uh, then I I came back the next summer. I said, now this summer, you know, I'll, I'll be uh, this will be my second year. You know, I've had all of this experience. Surely I'll be riding off into the sunset on horseback ride. You know, guess what happened the second second summer. One of my main jobs, garbage collector. I guess I did such a good job the first year. They said, you're a garbage collector again this year, you know. And uh, so I, I collected garbage that year. Not my, you know, idea of the, of the perfect job for the summer. The third summer, remember, God is directing your path, right? The third summer, guess what I got to do? I got to collect garbage. By then, I was head garbage man. I mean, I was, I, I was getting on up there. I was head garbage man now by this, by this third summer at, at the Bill Rice Ranch. In my life, as I look back over it, as I see God, how God directed my path, that was not visible. That was not known back then that on my third summer. What would have happened if I said, Lord, I think that's enough, you know? I've, I've collected garbage now for three summers. Uh, here I have this romantic idea of, of how, you know, I should work at the Bill Rice Ranch and all those kind of things. I've collected garbage for three summers now. I think that is enough. I don't know where I'd be today. 
Probably not here. Because this verse, as we look at it together, there are some conditions that are given us in order for us to reap the benefits of God's direction in our lives. Look there in verse 3. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Then it says, He shall direct thy paths. The verse here begins by saying, Trusting in God. Now, as I think about the word trust, as I think about what it means to trust in God, I'm reminded of two different areas in which we need to trust God. One is for our eternal destination. One is the future. We need to trust God. You know, so many times uh, people want to trust a church. People want to trust what they think is right. But instead, the Bible says we're to trust God. When it comes to this area of our eternal destination, if God is going to direct our path in this, on this earth, and if we're going to end up in heaven, then it's something we're going to have to trust God. We're going to have to go God's way. And God's way is through His Son, Jesus Christ. If you're talking to people nowadays and you talk to them about knowing Christ as their Savior, if you talk to them about uh, how, how do they think they're going to get to heaven, you know, one of the most ways, one of the most common ways that there is confusion in the hearts and minds of people is how to get to heaven. There will be some people that say, well, I belong to this church, you know, such and such a church. There will be some people that say, well, I just do the best I can. And one of these days when I get to heaven, I think God's going to look at my, uh, my works and uh, He'll look at the things that I've done that are bad. He'll look at the things that I've done that are good. Some of them think it's going to be kind of like a big balance, you know, a big scale or a balance. And they said, if my, if my good works outweigh my, my bad works, then God's going to say, okay, come on into heaven, you know. If, if my bad works uh, outweigh my good works, and I guess I just, you know, just didn't, didn't quite make it. It's something that they can do. Or they think that, oh, if, you know, if I just get baptized, if I do this, if I do that, if I do the other. Instead of going God's way, instead of trusting in God. This, this word trust means to, to depend on. Um, there's, I don't know if you know the, the, are familiar with the Bible commentator, uh, Matthew Henry. But he says, when he's talking about this, this verse, when he's talking about the word trust, let me just give you this quote. He says, we must believe that he, that's God, is able to do what he will, wise to do what is best, and good, according to his promise, to do what is best for us if we love him and we serve him. We must believe, we must put confidence in God, we must, be, uh, we must depend upon God to accomplish what he says he will accomplish. And as we think about heaven, we have to go God's way. We have to put our faith and trust in him. God's way is not through a church. God's way is not through just doing the best we can. God's way is not just any other way except through his son. Jesus Christ himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, I don't know everyone's personal testimony this morning, 
but perhaps there's someone in this room under the sound of my voice right now, that if I were to look you right in the eye and ask you this morning, are you 100% sure that you would go to heaven? What would you say? If I were to ask you, are you 100% sure, without a doubt, sure that heaven is your destiny, your eternal destiny, if you're being honest with me, what would you have to say? Would you have to say, well, you know, I think so. I hope so. I believe so. But you know, the Bible says in, in 1 John 5, 11 and 12, it says, these things have are written that you may know that you have eternal life. You know, we don't need to hope so or think so or anytime the evangelist or the preacher uh, preaches on heaven or hell or whatever, we don't have to have this little nagging doubt in the back of our mind. It says, these things have written that you may know that you have eternal life. What thing had, had John just written? The thing that he had written, he says, he talked about Christ. He said, he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So it comes down to this, this thing. Who are you trusting in? Are you trusting in God for your salvation? Are you trusting in Christ for your salvation? Are you trusting something else? Before God can ever direct our paths, we need to make sure that this, this thing is settled about our eternal destination. It's as easy as this. The Bible says it right there. He that hath the Son hath life. So if you have Jesus Christ, then you have eternal life. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to guess about it. You have eternal life. It says that he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So if you don't have Jesus Christ this morning, then you don't have eternal life. It's just as easy as that. If you have Christ, you have life. If you don't have Christ, you don't have eternal life. And then if you're not sure whether you have Christ, then there's no way that you can be sure that you have eternal life, is there? So everyone is in one of those three categories today. Sitting here listening to me right now, either you have Christ and you know it, and you're on your way to heaven, or you're sitting here and you don't have Christ and you know it, and you're not on your way to heaven, or you may be sitting here this morning and say, well, I think I have Christ, but I'm not sure. You don't have to go through life not being sure. This morning, in just a few minutes, we'll be given an invitation. And if you don't know for sure that you're on your way to heaven, would you come and just let somebody sit down with the Bible and show you clearly how you can know for sure that you have Christ. Because if you're ever going to let God direct your path, you have to get on that path, first of all, by trusting in God. So I think about that when I read this verse, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. I think about trusting God for salvation. Second of all, I think about trusting God with my future. As a Christian, as someone who knows that you're on your way to heaven, there has to come this time in our life when we turn our lives over to God. How can He direct our paths if we don't turn our life over to Him? 
So many times as, as, as a Christian, we want to kind of keep control of things. Do you like to be in control? I think everybody likes to be able to feel like they're in control. You don't want to be uh, riding a bicycle and feel like it's out of control, do you? You know, do you remember ride, learning to ride a bicycle? All right, I was just reminded of that very clearly uh, this last week. Uh, right now, uh, my, our daughter, her husband, and two grandchildren are living at our house. And uh, he's between uh, ministries, and they're right, they're right there right now. And we are so happy for it because somebody's there to kind of look after the place a little bit while we're gone, you know. And uh, their two boys are learning to ride a bicycle, you know. And so I would take them, I would take them up to the top. Our, our yard kind of slopes down. And uh, so I would I would give my instructions and I would help them get going, you know, and I say, OK, uh, you you ride on down there. I would run along beside them and I would try to help if they started wobbling a lot, you know, grab them. And uh, but one time my the older one uh, was riding down through uh, through the yard. And when you get down to kind of the, the middle of the yard, uh, the fence curves. We got a fence that's fencing off a field and the fence kind of curves around the back of the house. And that's where we're going. It's kind of along that fence. And about that time, uh, this, he kind of lost it, you know, and, uh, he was kind of going through there and he hit a bump or something like that. And about that time he headed toward the fence, right toward the fence. And there he was riding. Oh, you know, and he hit the fence. He fell down. He got up and it's a bad feeling. Not to feel like you're in control. And at that time, he didn't feel like he was in control. I persuade him. Okay, let's do it again, you know. And uh, he was getting, he was getting better, but he had lost control of that bike. And a lot of times we like to feel like, Hey, we're in control of things. Here's my life. I know what I, I, I want. I know my goals. I know my aspirations. I know where I want to go and I want to be in control. But unless we as a Christian say, dear God, I'm going, to, I, I'm going to take hands off and I'm going to let you control my life. And until that time, God can, can never direct it. God can never control it. And so there has to come a time, those two instances in our lives, if God is going to direct our paths, number one, when we trust him as our personal savior, when we say, I'm going to depend on you to get me to heaven. Number two, when we as a Christian come to the time we say, God, I'm going to, I'm going to take my hands off the steering wheel and I'm going to let you control the bicycle. I'm going to let you control my life. Has there ever come that time in your life when you said, dear God, I'm going to trust in you for my future? The verse goes on to say in verse, in verse five here, says, and lean not unto thine own understanding. You know, that's a simple little phrase, isn't it? But it's hard to do. Because it means that we need to stop depending on our plans, our intelligence, our ability to control things, and give it to God. You know, we have a choice as a Christian. We either put our faith in ourselves or we put our faith in God. 
humanly speaking, it's easy to kind of put faith in ourselves, isn't it? That pride rears its ugly head. We say, well, I, you know, I, I know what I want in life and I, I know what will make me happy and I know what I want my future to bring. I, you know, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to get, get this and have this and, and be this. But God says, if I'm going to direct your path, you need to not lean on your own understanding, but instead have faith in God. You know, faith, we could talk all morning, all evening, and all week about faith. But simply put, where we can all understand it, and I think be a blessing to us, faith means that I'm simply going to believe what God says is true. When we have faith, we believe in God. Saving faith is, is that moment when we said, you know, I can't do anything to save myself. Dear Lord, I'm going to depend on you to save me. We just believe God's promise. When God says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, saving faith means I'm going to believe what God says is true. When He says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, I'm going to believe that because God said it. And as a Christian, if we're not going to lean on our own understanding, we need to exercise that faith when we say, Dear God, I'm going to just believe your word. When you say you'll direct my path, I'm going to let you have it. Instead of holding that back, instead of saying, no, I know what's best. We're going to say, dear Lord, I'm going to let you have control. You steer. You lead. But how many times do we hold something back? How many times do we say, <coughs> excuse me, dear God, you can kind of lead in this part of my life, but this part over here, you might call me to Maine. What if he does? Do we have the faith to believe that God knows best? Dear God, I, I, I know I, you know, I, I go, I come to church, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian and I, and I, I, I'm going to heaven. But, uh, in this particular area of my life, where, where I'm going to go to college or where I'm going to go to school, uh, you know, I, I've got my plans. I've maybe got a scholarship. I've got this. Am I really going to give that up to you, believing that you know what's best for me? Or am I going to, Keep that area back for myself. Dear Lord, as a Christian, I know that you've said that, you know, as, as a church member, that uh, I, sh- I should give to the church, I should tithe. But dear Lord, I don't know if you know best. You don't know my circumstances. Are we going to do that with our lives? Or are we going to just say, dear God... I'm going to have the faith to believe and to let things not, not take control myself, but let you pull the strings. 
Let you steer the bicycle. Let you, because I have the faith, I believe in what you say. And lean not unto thine own understanding. And then the Bible says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Now, if that word little, if that little word A-L-L were not in there, this would be pretty simple, wouldn't it? (laughs) If it just said, in thy ways, acknowledge him, we can say, dear Lord, I'm doing that right now. I'm here, uh, for church and I, you know, I, I look good and, and cleaned up and I'm ready and I'm here at church. I'm acknowledging you. And then, uh, you know, Sunday night, yep, dear Lord, back in church, I'm acknowledging you. But it doesn't say just in our ways. It says in all thy ways, acknowledge him. All thy ways. What does that mean? That means tomorrow morning, right? When we get up. If we get up, you know, when we get up, it means we acknowledge him then, doesn't it? It means when we uh, start to get dressed, we acknowledge God. You know, the first thing that we should, we should think about when we get a wardrobe and we buy our clothes, when we decide what to wear is not, is this pleasing to someone else, but is this really acknowledging God in my life? Is this something God would be pleased with? As we go to work, we should say, we should acknowledge God. We should strive to please God as we go to work, the way we work, the testimony that we have at work. As we, as we go to our, our different entertainment choices that we make, we need to acknowledge God. Not, oh, this is what I want, this is what... But every detail of our lives, in all thy ways, acknowledge Him. And then, is the, then the wonderful promise says, He shall direct thy paths. You know, that word direct, if you look it up in, uh, in the Hebrew, it has the sense of to make straight or even, right, to make our ways right, or even pleasant and prosperous. You know, it's a wonderful privilege to have God direct your path. But it's even more wonderful to realize that that path, God is preparing for us. Now, we don't always know what that path is going to hold, do we? Does that mean our path never has a bump on it? No, it doesn't mean that, does it? But you know, God has prepared that bump. And as we let Him lead in our lives, as we let Him direct our lives, we can look back one day on that bump. Say, my, my, how God used that in my life to bring, bring glory to His name. Those bumps sometimes come. But with God's grace and God's direction, we can make it through 
as he prepares the path before us. At the Bill Rice Ranch, after the third summer of being head garbage man, <laughs> or probably the second from being head garbage man, the fourth summer, guess what I did? I said, sure, Lord, I felt that's where the Lord had me, even though I was going back to face the garbage truck again, you know? And for five summers, my positions changed somewhat, but I was involved in garbage collecting for five summers. But after that fifth summer, I received a phone call at college and it was Bill Rice the third, and he said, "Brother Doyle, all right, he just called me Doyle." He said, "Doyle," he said, "Are you going to be able to come back and work with us this summer?" And uh, I said, "Well, I was planning on it." And he said, "Well, I sure would like you to, because he said, you know, we'd like for you to come back every summer." And he said, in fact, when you get out of school, we'd love for you to come back and be on full-time staff here at the Bill Rice Ranch. You know, I spent 23 years on full-time staff at the Bill Rice Ranch. It was there in 1978, 37 years ago, that I started traveling in music evangelism with Bill Rice III. It was there that God worked in my life in so many wonderful, marvelous, and unbelievable ways. Does God direct our paths? If we'll let Him. If we'll say, Dear God, I'm going to trust in You. I'm going to let You have my life. We don't lean on our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge Him. He will direct that path. And now, almost 40 years later, I can look back and I can see the path that God prepared. Yes, there have been some bumps. And I'm sorry to say some detours. But as God has led me on that path, I have to say, yes, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge Him. He shall direct thy paths. That's why I'm standing before you today. Because God has directed my path. Let's bow in a word of prayer, please. Heads are bowed.